Redskins have secured a huge victory, victory in primetime TV. I don't think we're going to get LP to stop singing, actually, <laughs> during the I entire show. I love you guys. I love Look how happy he Redskins. is. Look how happy this guy football. is. You guys should see how big his smile is. Unbelievable how happy this guy is right now. All of, all of us are really, really, really Was, happy. This may have been the best primetime game um, that we've watched This our beloved skins play in uh, well, I mean, they they had a good one last year against the Packers, but this one just feels like this, it meant this, more, right? This means more to me than than the Packers game for sure. I I tell you, we were FP and I were talking about it, and we we're like, did the Redskins break the curse last year with the Green Bay win? And here we go. The the answer was the 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 primetime curse, not the DC sports curse. Okay. The I think curse. the answer has been given today, and we have another test next week. But who cares about next week? The Redskins freaking dominated A to Z offense defense. All right, all right, all right. Just maybe just, not special just teams. Cool off there a little bit. Get, it was jump incredible. in the shower. Let's pay the bills here, and then we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> Welcome in defeating the curse. Uh, member of hero, proud member of Heroes Media Group, uh, three man show. Steve may or may not be joining us. Um, TBD. He's also celebrating. He's he's in the district and. Um, we know the buzz is, is going to carry throughout the city for a long, at least for this night and hopefully for a couple more days because, um, unless you're stuck waiting for a Metro that is now closed. <laughs> that that's true. It's, <laughs> it's still a horrible stadium. Yes. It's still a horrible stadium, but, um, let, let's, I mean, guys, this was a dominant performance from beginning to end. I think this was Jay Gruden, you know, just, I was so impressed with him. I think he's, he's my MVP, man. The guy had a perfect game yeah. plan for this team. Um, I mean, two weeks in a row, out, they came out and executed it perfectly. Um, Cousins had the quietest 300 plus yards uh, throwing that I can remember in right. a long, long time. Nothing flashy. And my goodness, man, there's there's three and a half, four running backs on this team that when when this O line gets gets into the second level, anybody we can go run behind this offensive line. It was incredible to watch the uh, the herd of elephants just clearing people out of the way, twenty yards off the line of scrimmage. Uh, Look, Chris, for Chris Thompson twice, uh, it's just this was such a complete offensive and more importantly a complete defensive performance. Much more that, importantly, yes, dude, unreal, unreal, crazy. Well, I, I wish, I wish the score reflected the domination that the the defense had. We. Yeah, I think Shut the Raiders down. It, think it, about this. It's twenty-seven-zero in my book because Crowder muffed punt in the in the red zone for the Raiders, and then the stupid other one, the the fumble from P Ryan, which you can't fault him for that. But the defense. What happened to his hand? Do we, shut, know, do we know what happened to his hand? His, uh, yeah, a helmet came crashing into it. Okay. But the, for your defense to shut down, uh, what LP was looking at the 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 rankings, a, a top three, a top five, uh, everybody's on the Raiders nuts offensive line type team, and you shut them down, and you have Chris Thompson for more rushing yards than or receiving yards than the entire Raiders offense. The defense, if the defense is going to play like this from now on, if they if they just got their swag, their mojo, whatever, if they're going to play like this game in and game out, and we can go from 
rushing 200 one, one week to, to passing for almost 400 the next week and back and forth. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's yeah, just exciting. look at the numbers. It's crazy. Redskins, 472 yards. Raiders, 128. Chris Thompson, 188 yards. Chris Thompson, not even our starting running back, has more yards than the whole Raiders team. This was a full team effort. I mean, like, well, I can't well, say hold enough. on, hold on. I am we, so impressed. There's a couple things we can for, certainly improve forget on, the right? Crowder, forget the Crowder muff punt. He doesn't do that. Well, it's, Pryor, it, Pryor it, was it, a non-factor, too. Pryor came back for a pass and, and extended a, a, a series it for wasn't, us. But, it wasn't yeah. domination, right? But you, I mean, but, how happy are you that he doesn't have to be the X factor? I don't want Terrell Pryor to be my X factor. Well, it's like a cautious, like it's like a, it's like a, like an emotional hedge bet, right? Because if he's great, then the team is going to be even greater than it potentially is. But receiving the receiving core really isn't that strong on the team. I mean, that's just that's just a reality. I mean, the you know we I can mean, talk. Let's talk about the Doxon the Doxon play for a second. I mean, he, I think he only had two catches on the night, or was it just one? It was two. Doxon no, had one. He only had one. No, he right? had he had one that he dropped that was in his lap, and right. then he so, had okay. So he had the big one. He had one he catch. Was targeted on, twice. Yeah, one catch on two targets against Emerson, who we are all familiar with. And and to 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 David Emerson's uh, credit, he got a lot better when he left here, which seems to be unfortunately part of the DC curse across all sports. See see the bullets and the wizards from the uh, late '90s and early 2000s. But um, Emerson is not. I mean, he's not a great corner but he's a serviceable one and Doxon made a good play I mean he adjusted to the ball he jumped up yeah caught. I mean he it was a difficult su- catch he did it what was he was difficult. supposed to do but there isn't a receiver right now that I'm really confident in on this team and and this is why to me you would have to say Ryan Grant is the is the most uh reliable receiver and right I, now and I will not say it I, I will not say those but words. you know what but, but listen here, here's the thing you got to give Gruden credit okay Gruden knows that his receiving core is not up to par right now Give them a few weeks. Find out a game plan that's going to work that is not heavy on these receivers. So he did that two weeks in a row. Obviously, in Philadelphia, I thought he had more confidence in Pryor and Doxon and, and Ryan Grant than he did you know, after that. So he adjusted. And that's something that we really haven't seen Gruden do that well. But the guy is – I mean, you got to give Gruden an A-plus um, oh, through yeah. three weeks of the season. Yeah, A-plus. And I love and, – and exactly – I'm with you 100%. On what you just said, and I want to double. So I want to bold it and double underline it. Yeah, it, it is, but it's he's he's he nailed he nailed it, dude. It, spot on. Gruden came up with a game plan that was it, it was focused on the strength of our team, not the weakness of the opponent. Because certainly, looking at the Raiders, you wouldn't say that their defensive line is the weakness of their team by any means. No, so he said, but the strength of the Redskins right now in Week Three is not going to be throwing the ball and, and putting it on, on, on Cousins' arm to, to force the ball down. The, like, it's just not – that's not who we are right now. Do you know how different – perfect. Do you know how different this game would have looked if we abandoned the run and we relied on the receivers and then that front seven of the Raiders just realized that they can just blitz left and right and go crazy and Khalil Mack could get be set loose? The game would have gone completely different. It would have looked horrible. But because we ran it down, we, we didn't just run it and do like bubble passes and screen passes and all that stuff. We ran it down their throat. And that's yeah. what made them all of a sudden take a step back, creep up, show their show their blitzes. And then I mean, that's, it, it was that's part domination. of domination. I mean, we we ran the ball like we had Marshawn Lynch tonight, like old Marshawn. Lynch, yeah. The one that and Marshawn Lynch looked like Matt Jones. <laughs> the Look. 
the defense but, did so well that beast mode got put on ice. That's all you need to realize. Well, let's switch it. Let's guys, switch it. Let's talk defense. Can we talk defense? Give, yeah, give me the I was MVP. Just Who's, gonna... Who is the defensive MVP tonight? Let me tell you, Greg Minuski is the defensive MVP. You know <laughs> so why? Oh, because we're Greg giving coaches balls to the coaches. Minuski. Yes, that dude has put put together a game plan. I mean, Derek Carr was like the fastest released, you know, like fastest to release the ball in the NFL, right? And Greg Minuski put pressure on him and made him make mistakes. So he his game plan essentially shut down the Raiders the whole game. The Raiders got 10 points. How much of that was really them driving the ball on offense? Zero. They let they me, were held to under 100 yards with one minute and 30 seconds left in the game. Let me tell you what. Greg Minuski's game plan, A+. Plus. Defensive MVP by far is Monte Nicholson because he yes he set the tone. He set the tone so right Dude, off the bat fire. this defense. I'm with you. This FP. defense is coming out, and, and we're not going to take – anything from you and he set the tone right then and there and i love it i loved it i'll give you another underdog kendall fuller kendall fuller at the right. reception today the guy made nothing but mistakes last year completely different player rashad breland kind of the same thing but and how, how much is that on is a, is that on him or is it on coaches actually coaching our players up and it well, looks he was, like he was also coaches. a rookie and he it was part of this it was a scheme it was, you know, the the lack of familiarity with the the speed of the NFL game. You can't expect a rookie, especially at the defensive back position, to come in right, and just of make, be an impact player. But Kendall Kendall Fuller, dude, he he's he's really good. And and Breland showed what we thought he was going to be last year tonight. I mean, where do you throw the ball? Where do you throw the ball against this skin? If if you got your safeties playing the way they were tonight, and your corners, your your stand, your you know your two starters and your dime package, if everybody's playing the way they are, you literally can't throw the ball anywhere. Even if you have a Michael Crabtree and a uh, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, it's right. unbelievable. Like the the, I mean, I think the their tight end, uh, uh, Jared Cook. I think Cook. Jared Cook. Cook is it Jared Cook? Yep. I think he led the team in receptions. And then to your point, like to me. Like I, I can't disagree with with your with your game balls, but the defensive line, oof, they oh, yeah. looked they they came out. I they read something hungry. on Twitter. It looked like they were just amped up on like thirty cups of coffee. They were just moving faster and more fluidly at the line of scrimmage. And my goodness, man, the rookie shoving the, the shoving rookie, them in the back. The rookie smack middle of that line and Preston Smith to his right. Oh my yes. goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness! The, this is. But let me give. Uh, and and the, just a, a one other name that we didn't hear a lot of, but I saw it flash on my screen a couple times. Junior Gallet. Junior Gallet yeah. came in and did exactly what he was supposed to do. No one's asking him to be the, right. the superstar. Just come in, spell the guys. You know, hold down the fort with that second or third unit, depending on who's out there, and um, and basically just let let Zach Brown run the run the defense and just take your cues from him and. And Zach played phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. he played the like whole... a pro bowler, the pro bowler that he is. But let me give you one other guy who is going to be overlooked: Matt Ioannidis. That dude right. pretty much laid an egg last year. Was almost for for better or better or worse going to get cut this offseason. That dude, you watch him. That dude is stuffing up three guys, two guys. He's Constant getting in, in the, the backfield. backfield. Yep, that dude is a beast. I mean. You got to give it to Jimmy Tomsula too. I I know I'm I'm high on the coaches, but <laughs> You're so like, big these the guys coaches. are so, because when was the last time we we saw a product on the field that we said these guys were actually came to prepared 
came and were prepared to play the game. We haven't seen that in Washington it's, in so it's, many it's years. It's not even it's not even the preparation. And uh, Joe, you harped on this on our on our uh, WhatsApp chat. We came out there tackling, like tackling, like old school, wrapped up, yes. hard nosed tackling, not launching ourselves at players, but actually right. wrapping no, them up. No, no, yeah, debap arm tackles, yes. none of that. Yes. We came out and smacked them in the mouth and did and that's that goes to the coaching, right? That goes to Minuski who every time they panned him on the sideline, he looked like he was angry, constipated, ready to come out and kill somebody. But, but and just standing on the And, for me, and I loved and for I me, loved the that's, intensity. That's why I loved what Zach Brown specifically did tonight because a lot of times you see I mean we I watched a lot of football today. I'm sure you guys watch a lot of football today. Right. You know, especially when it's a when it's a, a smaller guy trying to tackle a bigger guy or a or a downhill running back or something like that. The the first guy there tries to just kind of slow him up. I didn't see any of that from the skins tonight. First man to get to the ball was trying to knock the guy out, trusting that there was other people coming trying to do the same. Right. And Marshawn Lynch was a non factor after dominating last week. And frankly, I was a little nervous to see how we would respond given Gurley had a phenomenal game against us last week, right? Like he, he did. He, yeah. he, he played great. Marshawn is at, even at, at his, you know, at the stage he is in his career now, he's scarier to me than someone like a Gurley. Maybe he's not going to catch as many balls, but he's, he's a physical runner. And that was something I was nervous about coming in, but to see this defense carry over the momentum from last week and take it to not like the next level, but like five levels higher was right. so impressive. It was so impressive. I mean, right. there isn't a single team that they would have played tonight that offensively would have dominated the way the defense was playing. Like there isn't like who who's the scariest offense in the league right now? It's probably the Patriots. It's always going to be the Patriots because of Tom Brady. You know, well, next week's is pretty scary. Next too. week's going to be a challenge. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. So, so you know, but I felt like tonight was still a very good litmus test. Like this was a very good offense. That basically, forget about like stuck in neutral. These guys couldn't. I mean, they were essentially stuck in neutral. They got into first gear and couldn't get. They out. were in reverse. It was. Oh, it what, was so what, impressive. what was it? Oh for oh for ten on third down until oh maybe garbage time, right? So, uh, maybe no, garbage time they got something, but no, they didn't even get a first down in garbage time on uh, third down. There you go. I mean, that's huge. That was our biggest Although weakness I will tell last you, year with the Raiders. That that punter that they got, dude, dude does work, man. He's he averages he averaged fifty eight yards a punt tonight. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, he's, he's, the, he's a monster. But, but he's also the Marcus Washington of punting. I mean, the guy dance, dances. He I'm gets saying, more of a workout dancing than he does uh, still kicking. <laughs> it's impressive. What, I mean, as a, for oh, a punter. 0 for 11. 0 for 11 I love, is a big number, of course. I love that we actually – and that and how much does that show that the defense was constantly coming out there looking like they were 100% faster than the offense? It's because they were actually getting rest. They are actually sitting on the sideline getting their breathers because they're getting off the field. That's that was our biggest weakness. We never were able to get off the field. But and even, then you're right. And on even on the defensive side though, it wasn't just like situational blitzing. It was I felt like they stayed true to their game plan. Like they they were looking for their spots. They weren't over ambitious and on again, the the front four were able to get, you know, Jay said this during one of his press conferences, they got home on car. So, and that's yep. that's in large part due to you know him not being able to release the ball, which is because the the secondary, the corners just played phenomenal. Like it's amazing what happens. And this isn't a knock on on D'Angelo Hall or, or the the long list of safeties that we've had here over the years. But 
when you have when the when the corners have faith in the safeties that are playing behind them and they can press and jam at the line and let let Norman be who he wants to be, let Breland, you know, be a little bit more physical and not just have to give cushions because there's no safety help. It completely changes how the defense approach like there's no opportunity to throw the ball in a second or two seconds the way Carr has been. Right. And because it's and it's a, there's always someone in his there's there's no one open. And that's because And we we were yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We we were playing with a two-edged sword because on top of trusting that the corners were going to play the way that they were playing, trusting their safeties, which allowed the front seven to attack, because the front seven was so successful in attacking, that gave you the corners able to disrupt the paths and and not let plays develop, not let the receivers get to where they needed to get. It was just a, a solid unified defensive front which as great as our defense has been on random games in the last year or the the Kirk Cousins era or whatever era, you rarely, rarely got the front half of the defense firing on all cylinders the same time oh, as the back end. Dude, uh, listen. You rarely I, got that. I was, I was the uh, – how salty was I in the offseason about Chris Baker and not keeping not keeping pieces that we had to keep. Oh, and Exactly, and, right. And you know what? I, I didn't miss I – st- I still miss our – Two one thousand yard receivers, Garcon more than than Djax, but um, I don't miss any of the pieces we let walk on defense. And frankly, I don't care about Sue Cravens, and I, I cared a lot a couple weeks ago. I don't care at I all. I don't care about him. Goodbye. That's exactly and what guys, I was saying. Goodbye. Good riddance. We we did this without Mason Foster, who was probably one of the top five on defense mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. We did this without Jordan Reed, our top receiver, and we did this without Fat Rob, our number one running back. I mean, what a, what an effort from these guys. Are we going to the Super and, Bowl? <laughs> calm, calm, calm down just a little bit. Ask, asking to, asking me tonight? Yes. <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> come come Monday around 5 o'clock, I'll be scared. Did, okay, uh, let me ask it this way. Did, any, did, you, did you see any team play better today than the Washington Redskins? No. Today the Redskins are the, the Jacksonville king of, Jaguars. Of, okay, yeah, the Jaguars. The Jaguars yeah, definitely right. dominated. Okay, okay, that that's fair. Okay. But, but take away the Crowder muff punt, and take away the P Ryan fumble. Actually, give him the P Ryan fumble. This is they, easily a, well, a thirty something to three game. I, I'm you not. I'm not comfortable just giving, out. just taking away Crowder's fumble because it's happened now. Multiple Twice. times, right? Like, yeah. I'm not. That's that's a situation that I'm sure they need to. They have to address it. Okay, like, either either he's not the guy for that, or they they got to get him. I don't know. You got to you got to do something. But Joe, it, he was the number one uh, return guy in the NFL last year. So I mean, cut him a little bit of a break. If he does it again, that's when you address it. But okay, I mean, well, I, P Ryan I, put the ball down. I mean, this is you know, and Jay Jay went on record, but that, uh, early that wasn't we P don't, Ryan. Well, that wasn't really on P. Ryan, I, though. So you can't. I know it's, that was it's a hard. Good hit. It's hard. It's hard to put it on him, but it's still a fumble. Um, you know, but th- you know, the, this offense can still be better, and I think that's the part that you know le- just leaves me a, like this defense. They can't play better than they did tonight, and they did it against a right. very good offensive unit. So in if you prime get, time, in in prime time, if you get this type of performance or. 80%, 75% of this performance, you're going to beat the majority of the teams the majority of the time in this league. This defense is playoff caliber. It just looked complete. The offense still has me kind of nervous, and it has more to do with what I see McVay doing in in L.A. than it does with what I'm not seeing Kirk do right now because I know Kirk can do things, but, you know, again, 
my hat's completely off to Jay. I know he looks sloppy on the sideline with his crunkled up. Uh, <laughs> I noticed that sheet. too. It's, you know, EB talks <laughs> about that all the time. Like he just looks like he's a mess. He just looks like he's a sloppy dude. But what a perfect. It's hard to criticize game. this team after what today. What a perfect. It's hard to criticize. Game. Let me let me pitch you this question, and it has a lot to do with Monday Night Football. We went into this game underdogs at home in prime time against the top five team. LP came into the house and he's like, man, if you listen to one of six, seven, you listen to all the analysts, you listen to everybody. Nobody's giving us a, sh- a chance. They're all saying Derek Carr is going to shred us. Yada, yada, yada. With that being said, we came, we answered, we conquered, but the concern now and the, the real test to see if your team is as good as your team performed tonight is it, does it get to their head? And do we go into the, the week cocky and confident and, and, and kind of loosey goosey or do we go in motivated, amped up, and ready to, to, to take down Kansas City as well? Because historically, a high like this, a high like this gives you a, a horrible game the next week, right? So, like, a high like this for us. against Green Bay. For us. For, for us. For a, a high like, like, sure. like, you look at last season. Come out, curb stomp the Packers. Get, Can't get a win be, in the get last Get beaten weeks. by the Panthers, right? Like, it's – so now the question is how do you answer – LP, you go first. This dominant team. It, it's all that's all on coaching, and and players take the attitude of coaches, and which is kind of concerning because Gruden is just answer. a he's aloof. Is Gruden is yeah, he's aloof. But Minuski, I mean, you can see the defense. They don't joke around. They are strict. Mm-hmm. They are by the book. It's the Tom Sula and Minuski show, and they run they run a Belichick like defense. I mean, they are um, you know hardcore. Like you don't go up to them and give them a, a purple nurple, but you can do that to Jay Gruden <laughs> because <laughs> these jacks did that to Gruden. I know, year. I know. We all know what you, we all know so, the group you're talking uh, about. So, but I, but I also, uh, dude, I have, I have full faith in this, in this coaching staff. Like, dude, I am, well, I've always been a Gruden supporter and I know people have knocked me for that, but I don't think it's going to get to them. I think this team knows that one a Oakland may have been overrated. They played the Tennessee Titans and the and the New York Jets in weeks one and two, so they didn't really have that much competition. Um, Kansas City's probably on another level, but you know, at the end of the day, but worst not really. Case scenario, hold on, hold going on. into the bye week at but, two and two, but not really. Like Kansas City doesn't have dominant receivers the way Oakland does. They have an excellent they have excellent running backs, but you could say that Oakland also has an excellent running back. So and their defense, so, the defense is probably on par. So you know. It, it's a different beast and Monday is not Sunday. And yes, it's, it's totally different, but you know, to answer your question, FP, I think, I think the reason there's a, there's the emotional hedge factor that I think is something very common here in DC that a lot of people do. Like it's kind of like putting money on the Raiders uh, to win. So if the Redskins win, you feel good. And if the Raiders win, you make a little bit of money, right? right. Like it, I feel like that happens a lot here. And it's, it's because for, for several, for almost our entire adult life, you don't know which Redskins team is going to show up because on paper they always right. look good or sometimes they don't look good or sometimes if you feel like there's holes, like many of us felt like safety was still a question mark. After the way they, these guys played tonight, it's not the question mark. Like There's other things that they can go address now. Like If you were, if this was the last game of the season, not the Super Bowl, but if this was if you're going into the draft, you wouldn't be looking at safety as a need for this team. You wouldn't be looking at corner. You wouldn't be looking at defensive line or linebacker play. Like Everything that we talked yeah. about in the offseason about being able to rotate – you know, six, seven, eight guys between three different positions, keeping them fresh. We saw that executed perfectly today on the defensive right. side. Yeah. And on the offensive side, 
they can still get better. Like Pryor is still learning the position. He's going to improve. I, I I believe he will get better. I think they got to take away maybe that punt return, uh, kickoff return stuff, and t- get that away from Crowder. Let him focus on being a receiver because he also needs to improve. And Jordan Reed, well, we would love to have him, but how many times have I said this guy is one good hit away from career over, not season over? And Vernon Davis right. is a serviceable tight end who can still catch the ball, and he flashed some some of his you know old man like uh, dude. I love today. Some Vernon so, Davis. You know, but this you team still can have Niles Paul coming in there. Yeah, yeah. Niles yeah. Niles was on there. He was in the he got in the game quite a bit tonight with his big some C good patch, blocks. like his big right. captain patch. But um, if they run the way they did tonight, if they're going to run the ball thirty plus times, throw the ball twenty five to thirty times. You know, keep basically keep keep teams chasing them. We may not lose another game all season. So it, it's talking, almost like it's almost like it's been a blessing in disguise to lose Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon because now Gruden is forced to run the ball and Matt Jones, which is what we've been crying for <laughs> and for, Matt Jones. you know three years now. Right, I mean, right, and and talk, I love I love the way they use like they're not they haven't changed how they use Chris Thompson at all. They they. They use he's the third down back. He's going to catch balls, and the difference that I saw tonight and I saw last week too is the offensive line just seems possessed. Yes. They seem excited to get they down do. the field, and like I mean, how many times did NBC show Spencer Long running stride for stride with the running oh my back? Gosh. How awesome! It's not is even that? that. How 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 amazing! I mean, I knocked on Morgan Moses during the Eagles game. He handled Khalil Mack. Morgan Moses was left on an island with defensive player of the year, whatever Khalil Mack blah, is. Blah. Yep, yep. He handled him. He, Yeah, okay, he got in there. He got his sack. He's going to get his. That's he, He's a, a future Hall of Famer. That's that's fine. But the fact that we could essentially not have to worry about that pro bowler and the line could still do what they had to do and the run game still happened. And then LP's boy, Mack Brown, coming out of nowhere when Samaje goes down. LP's been on Mack Brown for, for it seems – years and the guy's only been in the league for two years but mac brown came in there and i was nervous i didn't know if he was gonna have the the hands or not and and, and just fumble it away but no kept him tight ran right up and, and was ripping off some big runs towards the end i mean mm-hmm. it's it's crazy that we can lose one running back go to the next lose a second running back go to the third all while keeping chris thompson safe kind of finally 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 we have depth on this team like monte nicholson who would have thought Baller. he was going to be starting safety? Baller. Monte Nicholson. Uh, Fabian Moreau on, on special teams. Baller. Possessed. Fabian had Mac Brown team. came in and, and had a, a great run. Um, it's just it, the list goes on. This team finally has depth. I mean, we got to thank Scott for that a little bit. But you know what? <laughs> Doug or Bruce or whoever ran the draft this year continued that approach. I mean, that – yeah, this this team is this team is exciting right now. I'm with things you, man. can change. This, of things course, can things change can change in a, in a heartbeat with this with this team. But you're right. right now. This team is exciting. But before the season and started, I feel like we haven't reached. If we said, I if, feel like we haven't reached fifty percent potential on offense. Well, <laughs> Does anyone disagree? That, that's kind of that's kind of low. I think they're a little bit. I mean, there's not. They're not going to get a hundred percent better. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I would say I would say the receivers. Can can make that happen. Yeah, Pryor's been a disappointment so far. So you, you need him to be, you need him to catch, you know, fifty balls for five hundred yards, and that's basically what he's on track for right now. You need him to be a little bit better. Than, I, I feel like you need him to be better than that, to be yeah. real competitive down the stretch, um, because frankly, I, I don't want to see Ryan Grant 
uh, on the field. I just don't want to see him. I, 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 don't, I, I don't get the Ryan Grant hate anymore. I don't because the guy he hasn't got flagged done tonight. He got flagged again tonight for for an illegal yeah. hands to the to the face or whatever on a running play. No, that Come was on. like a holding. It was like whatever. A, it was kind of it's, a he's still play. making the same mistakes, man. He's making the same mistakes. But look for for the next couple of days, this whole town is going to be euphoric. Skin's got a big win in a primetime spot going into another primetime spot, which is awesome. I think, I mean, for us, I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, if we said two and two going into the bye, we probably all of us would have taken it. So, um, you know, I don't like the early season bye, but given that we got some some injuries and stuff, you know, those are the cards and, and we're going to play them. Um, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on, on the other big story of the weekend. Um, you know, and if you don't have an opinion, that's fine too. You know, regarding, you know, the kneeling and some of it is in in solidarity with cap and you know towards uh like protesting the injustice um that he that he feels or believes um you know black people are being discriminated against in the country and then a lot of it i feel like today was in direct response to president trump taking a shot at basically players and saying you know you should be more grateful than you are so <clears throat> we saw this across every 14 14 home teams today uh, or 14 fans, sorry, fans in 14 cities went to stadiums and saw this happen in real time, plus um, Ravens and Jags at uh, in London. Do you guys have any opinions on this? Any any thoughts? We don't have to get overly political. I'm just, you know, but every broadcast talked about it. I think we, I just, I want to hear your thoughts if you have any. Um, I, the, the one thing that I'll, I'll say out of that um, is anything that brings unity to me, isn't going to be necessarily bad, right? So whatever your mean, whatever your reason is, if you as an organization, as the NFL, can all of a sudden show unity, which aside from the kneeling thing, there's been a lot of butting of heads between the NFL and the players, be it Zeke, be it Brady, be it uh, just anything, right? Sure. Any of the tests that they do, anything, there's a lot of butting of heads, and all of a sudden you now have this multi-billion dollar organization unified in a sense, that's the good part of it, right? And then obviously there's the political side of it and and what's driving people to do that. That's that's all up for debate. But I think as a whole, the way that the teams responded and some of the owners stood up and, and said the things that they said, it to me it was just if you separate all the teams into their own business, each business took care of what they had to take care of. And I, I'm hoping they did it in a way that it packages packages this whole thing up and puts it aside, and you get back to football. That's all I care about. Just get back to football. I hear you. I hear you. LP, you had a thought about uh, about Dan Snyder standing with the team tonight. Yeah, I mean, good for him. I guess that he stood with his team. Mm. But I'll, I'll tell you my my personal opinion. I'll, I'll go two takes here. My personal opinion: I'm a patriotic American. I don't want to see people kneeling for for the anthem. Take out your frustrations in another way. Don't be disrespectful to the country, to the flag, to those who are at war fighting for our freedom every day. So I don't personally, I don't, I don't agree with the kneeling, but I'm not going to criticize someone for kneeling. That that's their own decision, and you know, to me, I wouldn't do that. But I've said this on the podcast before. I use sports to get away from politics. You guys know me pretty well. I'm not yep. big mm-hmm. into politics. Yeah. I don't want to see politics in sports. The NFL's ratings are going down, and I think it's because people don't care about the political pieces of this thing. That, like, why is the Supreme Court ruling on Ezekiel Elliott? Who, why, why does the Supreme Court need to do that? Who cares? Like, 
The guy suspended. Suspend him. Be over with. Like the 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 legal system should not get involved in a freaking sport. This is entertainment. This is entertainment business. There's so many worse things that are going on in the world. Puerto Rico has just got slammed. All the Caribbean has been slammed. Florida has been slammed. Right. Texas has been slammed. Like who cares if Ezekiel Elliott is going to court because he wants to fight Roger Goodell? Like there are bigger <laughs> and and more important things that the U.S. Um, our our politicians should be focusing on, and I don't think football and kneeling and all this needs to be part of it. Yeah, that's. I, I can't disagree with either of you. I mean, I, and certainly I see it. I I can argue honestly either side of it. I can, you know, the the First Amendment absolutist part of me says you're free to do whatever you want. The the right. the other side of my brain that says you're you know I'm an I'm an employee of a company just like the NFL players are employees of their respective teams. And when you're employed by an entity, that entity to some extent gets to control what is allowed, acceptable, um, and okay by their standards because you represent the team. I mean, and I, you know, this is some. I, I, I immediately went to the Yankees and I thought, you know, the Yankees have this rule where they don't allow their players to have facial hair. And it's such a surface level thing, but that's their rule. And if you want to play for the Yankees, you don't have facial hair. It's not the same thing, and I'm not trying to equate social injustice with facial hair, but, you know, these players are employees of a team, and I felt like what I saw today was more in response to the president making unpresidential statements, whether you agree with them or not, mm -hmm. is secondary, and less right. about solidarity um, <clears throat> with Kaepernick in particular. Uh, I think he's the poster child here for this. So, you know, I, I don't hate Colin Kaepernick. I, I don't think he's a bad person, um, but... It's hard for me to say I'm okay with people kneeling during the the national anthem. Like we were, we were since we were two years old, since we were learning the words uh, of the national anthem, we were taught to stand and take off our hats. And to all of a sudden right. say that I'm you're not you're you're not being disrespectful by sitting or kneeling, it just doesn't it doesn't reconcile with me. So, um, you know, I, I LP, honestly, I'm with you, man. Like we turn on sports to get away from this, and you're right about the ratings. The NFL ratings are are a mess for a bunch of different reasons because you have like domestic violence things. You have like the Tom Brady thing with the phone. Like it's, and then you also have this kneeling protest stuff. Um, but you also have ESPN and we, we as DTC have been invited on the other media outlets to talk specifically about the, the left turn of uh, ESPN into politics and their numbers are, I mean, in the pits. I mean, at some point, probably in the next year, we are going to have better ratings than Sports right. Center at six o'clock well, because we talk sports first and foremost. They don't do that anymore. So, you know, if you I, were to turn ESPN on right now, are they going to talk about uh, the lead underdog story? Team? It's so funny you said that. No. I got it. I got it up right here. They're, the lead story was the protests, not the games. And I think nobody cares. And I think, and I, I truly believe that's the problem. Like sports has always been that uniting factor in the United States, and athletes have a very unique. <laughs> public platform to unite people across across uh you know social statures across across everything i mean black white mm -hmm. yellow brown hispanic from alien from green it doesn't matter like sports transcend all politics and once sports start to get political you lose i feel one of the last common grounds that we all share um, right and, and i think that's Absolutely. really scary because it becomes a yeah. zero or a one and that that's really dangerous because if you're the zero or the one, you just alienated the other half essentially of the country. So, you know, 
it's uh, it was an interesting day, and I, I'm I personally because I'm I'm a I'm a his, like I, I love history and I love politics. Um, you know, I'm gonna follow it really closely because I'm I'm curious to see how people in general respond. But you know, it was just made it was such a big story on all the broadcasts today. From even the red zone, the uh, NFL red zone was covering it today, like talking about the protest. So I felt like we should at least bring it up. Um, but, yeah. You know, those are our thoughts. See, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. I think about one last thing. I think about that is I think you pull the country. Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the country does not like social injustice. Why don't we find a common ground to fix the solution rather than argue about standing or sitting or kneeling? Right, like, and that's that's exactly solutions rather than throwing darts at people. Did you hear? Vernon Davis was like, if I got invited to the White House, I would absolutely go, and I would try to have a sit down and talk about. Yeah. Use All the right. Opportunity let's to talk. yeah. Let's let's figure out how to fix this instead of talking about the way that we're showing the issue. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, absolutely let's not be correct. Kids. Let's well, be adults. And and here locally, I was really surprised to de- to see uh to see Dan Snyder down on the field. I, that was like I don't know why I didn't expect it to happen, but I was really shocked. But then I was also very pleased. Like he's not like he's not a fan favorite, but to stand with his employees. In that right. type of solid, that was I, that was a really powerful moment. Like, um, and it, it, you know, I I was a hundred percent again. If he had decided to to kneel or stay in the locker room or whatever, or like the Steelers stayed in the locker room, I'd be okay with any of it because I do believe that you have the right to do whatever you want. But I also believe right. that an employer has the right to, in some regards, control and define what is acceptable behavior and what is not. So. For Dan Snyder, as the owner of the team, to lock hands with the employees, the players, to come out together, I, I loved it. And I think if we see more of that, um, then maybe all of this is actually going to work towards something that's good. But right now, it just uh, at least on social media, on my Facebook feed, it's just a whole lot of people that are upset about spoiled athletes taking knees and the other side saying at least they're using their platform to try to do something. And it's just, you know, they're echo chambers. Everyone's just yelling at the other side and high-fiving those in their own camp. So maybe this yep. all moves it for, I, I mean, look, as an American, I want to see this move forward, not just stay where it is. So for the last year and a half, it's been Kaepernick leading every broadcast. It seems on ESPN about, you know, is it right that he's unemployed or not? Whatever. We'll see. But for at least for tonight, skins get a big win. Dan Snyder does a bit. I, I'm just, I'm really pleased with the owner to come out and do something the way he did tonight. Like that's the very un Dan Snyder of him. And, you know, we got our work cut out for us next week. You know, Kansas City's no joke. And, uh, you know, we got we got work to do, too. We got to get ready for that broadcast. We got to get ready for uh, hopefully a live in-person appearance. We're doing a live a live show next Monday night. So stay tuned for that. Um, but any, any final thoughts, guys? Anything FP? Anything LP? Let's unite, not divide. And I love me some Monte Nicholson. <laughs> I love me some Monte Nicholson. Thank you. Thank you, sir. FP, any final thoughts? Hail to the Redskins. I'm I'm happy we got a victory Monday. Let's sing, guys. Let's you go sing. ahead and start singing. And I'll, I'll take <laughs> us out. Thank you guys for listening. This has been DTC, proud member of Heroes Media Group. Hope you enjoyed the show. Check us out. If you're in the DMV area, come, uh, come have a meal with us next Monday. Stay tuned for details as to where we're going to be broadcasting from. We'd love to see you. Shake hands, say hello, maybe even have you on the podcast as well. Uh, For LP, for FP, for Stevie, who didn't make it on, but you'll hear from him soon. I'm Joe. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Hail to the Redskins. Kansas City. Hail to the Redskins. We're coming for you. LP, take us out. 
Hail to the Redskins. <laughs> that voice never gets better, does it? <laughs> no, it's, it's in my jeans. Good night. It.